All right, America. Yankee Deska, Yokohama. Eska Tukwa Alamo. Hey guys, it's your host Wayne, and I want to thank you for being so patient with me. I know it has been a while since I released an episode. I took a little personal time to gather myself and be fresh and ready to take on the latest episode, since it is probably the most quintessential project throughout Madonna's body of work, at least for me. And yes, I am talking about the incomparable Blonde Ambition Tour. I am feeling a little sick, so please excuse my voice. Um, You know, after recording my last episode with Steven from the Immaculate Podcast, it inspired me to just really think about how I want to continue this show and satisfy my expectations and put into it what I feel is necessary for it to be successful for me. And I say that a little bit selfishly because this show is all about my perspective. Yes, I like to make sure I fact check, but at the same time, I lived through this and I was there. So what you hear from me, particularly when I speak about the Blonde Ambition Tour, is from my memory of being a 12-year-old boy obsessed with this woman. What you will also notice for this show is that I'm doing it alone. I know I said I would never do another solo show, but I will tell you that when I first did a call for fans, the Blonde Ambition Tour was the most requested episode, and I didn't think it was fair to just pick one fan to do this with, and I didn't want a whole panel of fans either because, (laughs) well, I have a lot to say about this show, and, well, it's my show. (laughs) But I also figured that somehow Blonde Ambition Tour often pops up in any Madonna conversation I have, so I know there's going to be plenty of opportunity to talk about the Blonde Ambition show as I record other episodes with fans. Another reason why I'm recording this episode solo was also inspired by Steven and his Nixology podcast. I thought, hey, I can do this, and... I can be a little less self-conscious about it as well, because he does such a great job. Okay, so before we begin, I want to commit to you here and now that this show will be going to a monthly format. You will be getting minimum one episode a month from me. However, if I'm on a roll and turning out episodes, of course I will give you more. Let's get into some Madonna news, and boy is there a lot to cover since the last episode. True Blue celebrated its 35th anniversary, and as expected, there wasn't anything released to commemorate its anniversary, which is a little disappointing, but also I wasn't really expecting anything anyway, so no big whoop. And actually, the the best thing that I can share about it is that my good friends Molly and Kelly, who are significantly younger than me, bought the True Blue vinyl at a used record shop, not knowing it was the 35th anniversary and have been listening to it ever since. Not only that, when they looked inside, they were surprised to find, and I was also shocked to see that it was still inside, was the poster that was included in the original release, 35 years later. So that's like really exciting to see, and to see them get excited about that. Madonna, surprisingly, posted some footage and some pictures of her celebrating her father's 90th birthday with her siblings and her children at Chaconi Vineyards, And while we're on the topic of dads, Madonna posted a video of her being a farmer, which reminded me of her funny song, Oh Dear Daddy, from the Drowned World Tour. I mean, not really, but it was cute. Uh, Madonna gave a pride performance that has been the talk of the town, where she busted out her titties, which are bona fide and the real thing, at the Boom Boom Room, and gave a great exhibition of her new video project, All Over Times Square. And speaking of videos, we received a new version of Erotica and 
it looks like her Madame X concert film slash documentary or whatever it will be will stream on Paramount Plus and not Netflix, like we had expected. Uh, she promoted it by using a video from this incredible Madonna impersonator on TikTok. She is at underscore Madonna underscore 2.0 on Instagram. It's at Madonna Masquerade. She does a lot of great videos that are also like crossovers. I think like recently within the past day or two, she did one where it was a crossover between Madonna and Joe Dirt. It's it's really interesting and quite remarkable. And Madonna has featured her on her Instagram account at least three times that I can count. And as far as the Paramount Plus thing goes, guys, you know, as disappointed as you might be, you know, just get the trial version in October. That would be my best advice. All right. So now that we are all cut up, time for you to not be silly and put a rubber on your willy because we are going to talk about the tour that changed the landscape of how concerts are performed with Madonna's Blonde Ambition Tour. I'd also like to just put a disclaimer that I have avoided listening to any other of the podcasts who have released any new episodes in the past couple months that talk about Blonde Ambition or Truth or Dare, just so I'm not influenced. Um, so if you do hear any overlap in what they've talked about, it's just because we coincidentally have the same thoughts. Um, now, we know that this was originally supposed to be the Like a Prayer Tour that was supposed to happen in 1989 with possible spillover into 1990. I'm not sure. But as I spoke about in my Like a Prayer episode, there was controversy with Pepsi, who would have been the sponsor of that tour, where after the Like a Prayer video came out, Pepsi dropped their sponsorship which was kind of a great thing because it allowed Madonna to get involved with Dick Tracy, gave her the time to also write the I Am Breathless album and write Vogue, which became the staple in Madonna's Blonde Ambition show. And I'd also like to say that I feel like Madonna coined the phrase show when referring to a concert, because typically you would just say concert, but Madonna continuously referred to it as a show because it is. In MTV's Breakfast with Madonna, which I would just like to point out was recorded after that scene in Truth or Dare where Madonna is dancing with her dancers in some hotel room where she's flipping the bird and that song In the Mix is playing. You know what part I'm talking about. Anyway, in the interview with Kurt Loder, she mentions that it is like Broadway theater and that they could perform the show without any audience interaction. The Blonde Ambition Tour has costumes, sets, props, heavily choreographed routines, trapdoors from below the stage, and it was something that hadn't been done before in that capacity. Madonna also used Donna DeWory and Nikki Harris in the foreground, giving them more spotlight, and created this trio like a girl group, which was also a first for Madonna. Previous to this, Donna and Nikki were part of the Who's That Girl tour, but they were really, as you put it, background singers in the background. Blonde Mission Tour, it started in Japan during the rainy season, and even one of the first shows, it was so rainy and so cold that Madonna told her cast of dancers, just put your Vogue tights on and that's your costume for the night. That is definitely one of the shows I would have loved to have seen, just because I think it would be so cool just to watch. I mean, does she take her jacket off during Express Yourself, during the second verse? Does she keep the jacket on during the actual Vogue performance? Still crossing my fingers for one day we can see that somehow in some some video or another. Now, since the show has been originally released only on VHS in Japan for the Japan shows as well as Laserdisc, we also got the Nice France 
which showed up on only on Laserdisc as part of the Pioneer sponsorship. And Pioneer is the one who picked up the sponsorship after the fallout with Pepsi. Because Laserdiscs were the future at the time, that was the stipulation of the deal, is that it wasn't going to be released on VHS, only on Laserdisc. Which was to the chagrin of many fans, but as time has passed with technology and YouTube, there have been a plethora of releases that have made their way onto bootleg DVDs, YouTube, uh, there's the one from Japan, there's Houston, Dallas, New Jersey, Spain, Nice, and if there's more, someone please let me know. And I, of course, have watched them all. My favorite, of course, is The Nice Show because that was originally broadcast on HBO. And note that the original broadcast version is different than the one that was on Laserdisc in the sense that the camera angles are different throughout. So if you can find the original broadcast version, it is worth the watch. Now, the definitive version, if it ever sees the light of day, which I won't hold my breath for, is the Truth or Dare footage of The Paris Show which was filmed in 35mm film, and it looks stunning, especially when you watch The Truth or Dare in Blu-ray. I just, like, you lose your breath just watching it, especially during uh, the Like a Virgin performance, for me, at least. Now, there is speculation that the whole show was filmed, but also conflicting comments that the whole show was not filmed. But the answer is really held in the context of the words that are used by whoever's talking. Madonna has said during an Instagram Live that they only have the footage that was used in the movie. Which to me means that's all they have access to, not necessarily all that was filmed. And Alec Kashishian has stated in previous interviews that Madonna owns all the footage and has it somewhere, but also said when studios were changing hands, like with Miramax being absorbed, then sold, etc., that the warehouses of where all the footage would have been has moved around. So no one really knows where like the extra Tooth or Dare footage or where that extra concert footage or possible extra concert footage could be because it wasn't inventoried correctly or documented properly or, or something like that. You know, technology wasn't as it was. It was probably all done by hand back then. Um, so I will elicit to say that that since there has been no confirmed proof that it does or does not exist, that I personally believe that it is possible that it does exist. But even if only portions of the show exist, like even if it's, if it's just what is used in the film, it means the full performances were filmed for the movie. So that means we'd have Express Yourself, because that's, that's in its edited form in the movie, causing a commotion, which only a snippet was used, like a virgin, like a prayer, which was an extra track that you got at the end of the VHS tape, Live to Tell, which was inter intercut with the Italian press interview, Oh Father, Hanky Panky, which was another extra performance that was included on the VHS, Vogue, which was intercut with many scenes, Holiday, which was edited, and Keep It Together, which was also edited. We're talking almost the full show has to exist because these were all used, all those songs were used in the film. All right, so let me shut up because I'm going around all these French people. Je suis prêt, vous êtes prêt aussi. All right, then where's the fucking party? All right, I'm kidding. Um, I tend to quote Madonna's niche show all the time, especially where she talks. And I typically do it when I'm alone because someone will think I'm crazy uh, if I started talking like that. And I don't even know why I'm using it in the show, but enjoy. 
Let's get into the set list of the show. Note that the set list is the same for every show, with the exception of when she was in Michigan, and she included a special happy birthday song for her father, Tony. Also, the notable difference for some shows versus others is that for the Japanese and American leg of her tour, she wore the infamous I Dream of Jeannie ponytail, and for all the European shows, she wore her real hair with tight curls that would look so good as the night went on. In Spain especially, because her hair looked more like it was permed and very, very frizzy, but I just, like, I fucking love that. So, uh, the show starts out with Express Yourself, which does an incredible job of replicating the video. It's very stunning. And I remember when I watched the Japan show, when she does the part where she does the the push-up slash pelvic thrust on slam, she doesn't do the, ah... Uh, Ah, I think that came later in the show, which I thought was just so funny. It's, And I think a lot of people did not see the humor in that, and they took it very literal, and she's like, oh my god, she's fucking on stage. No, they arrested Bobby Brown for fucking on stage, not Madonna. But I learned this dance. It's probably the dance that I probably know the most from this tour. Between this, Vogue, and Keep It Together, I probably know those all the most. And if you've ever heard the rehearsals, there is rehearsal footage out there. Um, there's video rehearsal footage, but there's also audio rehearsal footage where you hear Donna Delory is singing her ass off, like for real, like seriously. And it's really incredible. So if you can find it, I'm sure it's on YouTube. Uh, it's, it sounds really great. And speaking of rehearsals, MTV did a whole special with Downtown Julie Brown when Madonna was rehearsing in L.A., and it was when we first got to see the performance of Vogue before the video premiered. And ironically, of course, we saw Madonna first voguing during the Express Yourself VMA performance in 1989, which I will point out was the only performance from Like a Prayer that was done anywhere until this tour. But yeah, it was a great performance. She had a lot of energy. It was the opening number. It was the perfect opening number. She always yelled out to the audience whether it is All Right America, which she never said in any of her shows, that was just for Truth or Dare and and for that clip. She'd always open it by greeting the city that she was in, and if she was in a different country, she always did it in their language. And next we go to Open Your Heart, which was the first time that she cut the bridge to a song, which in some ways was disappointing, but the, but the way that it was done in Bond Mission was still very cool, and it was just her and her teacher's pet, Oliver, um, dancing on stage, where he did this great number where they were both separate at first, but they ended up coming together. It was just really a very like, great performance of Open Your Heart. Then we go into Causing a Commotion, where she we is wearing the Jean-Paul Gaultier hoodies, and she's kind of doing this tongue-in-cheek thing with Donna and Nikki, and they're kind of like fake fighting, and Madonna's just like, Got so much amped up energy, and then she goes on this monologue after the song, where again, she's just like, again, it's not requiring audience interaction, she's just giving this monologue where she's just kind of blowing off steam, and she kind of beats up Donna and Nikki some more. But again, it's just like very fake, very tongue-in-cheek, very fun, and then it goes into Where's the Party? And more Jean-Paul Gaultier hoodies come out, and more colors and more variations, and I would like one in every color both short sleeve and long sleeve, please. And I don't I, I don't know what else to really say about the song. It's it's not a show-stopping song. Like, if it was 
omitted from the concert. I don't know if I'd miss it. What I'd really just miss is seeing those Jean-Paul Gaultier hoodies. Okay, so then we get into, this is where the shows are in sections, and most people now, they do their shows like this, their concert shows like this, where now we're into a different part of the show, and this is probably my favorite part of the show between Like a Virgin all the way through Papa Don't Preach, and we'll talk about each one of those. Like a Virgin is, it's done in this very Middle Eastern tone. Uh, She's on a big red bed, velvet sheets, and she's wearing this gold Jean-Paul Gaultier corset, and she has two male dancers who are wearing the cone bras, the huge cone bras. And again, it was like different that that was being done. People didn't like it because guys were in quote-unquote girls' clothes or girls' brassieres. And of course, they all have like a threesome at the end, but it's not a real threesome. It's just... It's just for the show. It's I got the humor in it, but I also got like the seriousness of it because it's like a virgin. And I remember when this premiered on HBO, I didn't actually get to see this on HBO. What I only got to do is uh, I was at my dad's house. No one, only rich people had HBO at this time. So my dad had a, didn't have HBO. I didn't have HBO. It, but... If you had one of those cable boxes, and if you know what I'm talking about, if you switched it to a certain, uh, they had like actual buttons on the cable box, and if you switched it in the right way, you could sometimes get a snowy picture, which I didn't get, but what you could do is get audio. So I listened to the show when it premiered. I didn't get to see it when it was showing, and I actually thought she still had the blonde ponytail, but she didn't. And I didn't know this. And my sister's boyfriend at the time was supposed to record it, but he thought it was on Showtime because that's what he had. But he ended up not recording it. But my mom's friend at work randomly knew it was going to be on HBO and just recorded it for me because she knew I loved Madonna. So that's the only way I was able to see it. But I remember when I was listening to Like a Virgin, I didn't know what song it was because I was still a relatively new fan at the time. I was 12 years old. I knew the Like a Virgin song, but of course this is being played out in some way. And I remember when the chorus started, I like, I took a deep breath. I was like, oh my god, this is Like a Virgin? It was just done in such a different way that you weren't expecting. And it was one of the first times where you hear Madonna kind of change the arrangement of songs which gets more into like the reinvention of how she changes her songs during tours and doesn't always do what you would hear on the album or the single version. She just does something totally different. And I just love this performance so much. And especially when it, she's doing the whole humping on the bed at the end and then it goes straight into God and goes into like a prayer. And it's, it's, it's like redemption. It's like, okay, I need your forgiveness for just doing this dirty deed on the bed. And that was her telling the story with her show. Like, again, it's it's like a Broadway show. It's, it's telling a story. And Like a Prayer is one of the best ones, and that's where she kind of does some audience interaction, tells them to put their hands together. You got Nikki singing the soulful choir vocals in the middle of the song. And... This this is my favorite performance of Like a Prayer. There's no beating it. And it's also probably my favorite performance of Live to Tell that comes right after that. And it's this very long, drawn-out 
version of the song where she does a lot of spins because you know Madonna started out as a dancer and she's doing these these very ballet type spins and dances and from there she goes into only a portion of Oh Father which is which you might think is strange just because Like a Prayer was the album the main album that she was promoting and she only did a portion of Oh Father. And then even when she did Oh Father, it was kind of like she did a, she sung a different harmony of it, which was cool and is a little different, which I loved. But the whole dancing at the end with Carlton, that was just very, it, it, something we had never seen on stage before. And I think that's what people, you know, if, if a person, a younger person who has seen, you know, a Britney show, a Lady Gaga show, or... Katy Perry, like whoever, you've probably seen something that the spectacle might be higher in production value of what you see if you try to go back and watch the Blonde Ambition Tour. And I think what you always have to do to take in mind, and I've done this myself when, you know, if I'm watching an old TV show or an old movie, I have to put myself into that time, that time period. I can't just say, oh, well, I've seen this. I don't need to see this. It's you're, you're putting yourself in a different perspective and a different time period where you have to think about what was going on during this time period. So you have to learn a little bit about the history of what was, what was acceptable. What was Madonna being um, crucified for at that time? And it was the whole like, like a prayer thing. And then when people started seeing her show and that's how it got into this whole thing in Toronto where she almost got arrested because she was simulating masturbation on during like a virgin. And it's, it's just strange to me. Like I could still watch that show and I can still put myself in that place in that time period because I was there. Um, but I think it's a little bit harder for, for others to do that. And I think that's why others are like, well, blonde ambition is fine, but it's not her greatest show. Well, it's it's about what that show represents. It's not necessarily that that show has this high production value. For its time, it did. And I think that's what just needs to be appreciated about this, um, especially like with that dancing in O Father. And then we go into Papa Don't Preach, which, again, is probably my favorite performance of Papa Don't Preach. And if you have heard the rehearsal footage, you will hear that there's another guy singing. I think he also sings during Like a Prayer, and I don't know who it is that is singing, if she had a different backup singer before, or if it's one of the band members that is singing, but he's doing a lot of singing too. I just want to point that out. Then we get into the Dick Tracy portion of the show, and we hear songs from I'm Breathless. So at first we get Sooner or Later, which is done on the piano. And I can't remember who was recently talking about this, if I read it in an article or... I don't know. Someone made the suggestion that she... Because originally it was her, like, standing in front of the piano or something, and someone made the suggestion... It might have been Warren Beatty, I actually think, where she should be on the piano. Just kind of a, a very Michelle Pfeiffer, fabulous Baker's Boy moment where she's on the piano singing the song. She does really great. I don't think I ever heard her vocals sound the strongest during this performance. She was having a lot of throat issues throughout this show. She had to cancel some shows because of throat issues. She also, I don't think she had proper vocal training at the time, so she, I guess, she she strained her voice. 
And it, I mean, it was unfortunate because there are some shows where her voice just sounds very on point, and I think she just got a very lucky night. But most of the shows, you can see it in her face where she's just like, um, it's very strenuous for her to like hit a lot of the notes. Uh, and I think even in one time she forgot the words in sooner or later, which I thought was kind of like cute because she just made up some words. I think that was in the I think that was the Spain show, and it was at the end of sooner or later. Not really important. I just think it was cute. And then she goes into Hanky Panky, which is one of my favorite performances. It wasn't, it isn't one of my favorite songs on I'm Breathless, but I think I love one of the performances because I love when the curtain comes down and that's when they're changing all the background scenes for the next part of the show. But it just looks very, um, very stage-esque and you got this trio of girls standing at three microphones and... It's, it's very perfect, and Donna and Nikki's harmonies are really well. And then she goes into a fully realized version of Now I'm Following You, part one and part two, where she is obviously lip-syncing. Not only obvious, she makes it obvious. She goes, we're going to lip-sync. Because she was already being accused of lip-syncing or whatever. And the thing with Madonna is she is a performer. you know, And she does have a great voice, but she's also having throat issues. She needs to save her voice. So when it gets, she can get away with lip syncing and just say, hey, I'm going to lip sync. It's great. And I love it during the New Jersey show because she brought a, you know, it's a fake Dick Tracy. It's Slam in a Dick Tracy costume. Oh my gosh. Hold on, I got to wait for this car to pass. <laughs> but I love it in that show because um, someone yells something about insinuating that that's Warren Beatty. And she goes, honey, this is not Warren. And next, we go into uh, the section of the show. I I don't feel like this part of the show was fully realized as a theme, but it's more of what you'd probably see in a concert. The opening of this section is Material Girl, and she's under one of those heat dome things when you're getting your hair done with the girls. And she's got like a cap on. And what always bothered me about her having this cap on is that it never fully completely covered her hair. So it was kind of annoying to me that hair was always sticking out, whether it was the ponytail or the curly hair. But I guess it was just supposed to be something cute. I, I think it was supposed to be sort of like a parody of M Material Girl. It was just more of a, a fun way to do the song. And then it goes into Cherish, where Madonna shows off her heart playing abilities. Not really, but it was, this was another cute number, and I guess sort of a recreation of the video, but more of a, a playful version of it. J'adore les poissons, vraiment. No, really, I love fish, but you can only go so far in a relationship with a fish, right? I mean, have you ever seen a fish's ass? Precisely. And speaking of fish, did you hear the one about Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden? I thought not. You see, Adam was hanging out. Oh, okay, I'm just kidding. I'm not going to go all into it. But again, I often have memorized and will randomly say to myself wherever I am and just tell that joke to myself. But then we get into the groove. Into the groove. One of my favorite performances and the infamous line, Hey, you don't be silly. Put a rubber on your willy. And boots. Which I had no idea what boots actually meant until I was into adulthood. This performance of Into the Groove uses a portion of the song Groove Me by the group Guy, which I think 
was a favorite group of hers because it's used a lot in Truth or Dare. So if you listen to it throughout, or if you look at the music credits of Truth or Dare, um, Guy is featured a lot. Uh, and then we get to Vogue. The most defining tracks of her career and putting Vogue on the map everywhere, and I mean everywhere. In fact, when Madonna's Blonde Admission Tour started, MTV featured new segments on Madonna and Voguing, and in particular in uh, MTV's rockumentary about Madonna, which is my favorite Madonna documentary, aside from Truth or Dare, of course. Uh, they just kind of go into getting people to do it on the streets of New York and just getting people's opinions about it. It's really fun to see. Um, but yeah, this was kind of like the performance that everyone was waiting for because this was the hit song of that year and especially around that time when she was touring. And then we get Holiday, which is the very fun performance. She's wearing the polka dot bell-bottom outfit. And also at the end of the, the song, it's pretty much the most amount of time Madonna speaks to the audience. And I will point out in Spain... She's fucking furious. Some guy comes on stage, puts like a t-shirt on her and gives her like this flyer and starts handing them out to the dancers and everything. So when she comes out for the closer for, for Keep It Together, she lets everyone know how fucking pissed she is. This was like beyond Keith, you motherfucker, or do something else, do my eyebrows moment. It was like livid energy that she put straight into that Keep It Together performance. And speaking of Keep It Together... It is the show's closer. It's very clockwork orange meets cabaret meets knee pads. Madonna puts on a fake British accent and puts on, to me, the closer of all closers. I love this performance. And I actually didn't know it was the closer because when MTV was doing its thing in um, uh, this special in Houston, when Madonna was performing there, it was like her first U.S. show, they would show performances from the show, and they showed they showed Keep It Together and they showed Holiday, but they showed Keep It Together first. I often thought it was one of the songs in the middle of the set, not the closer. So when I saw it as the closer, it's like, it's the perfect way to close the show. And it closes an acapella. I love the costumes. And actually so much, I like the costumes that like when I got my first harness, it's very similar to what you see the guys wearing on uh, this performance. I also try to create a doll that looks like Madonna performing this song. It's very horrible and actually very creepy. Um, I think I still have it. I, maybe I'll post a picture of it on Instagram. <laughs> But to me, Keep It Together is, for me, the epitome of all her closers. I don't think she's ever closed out a show quite like this. It wasn't, while it was a single, it wasn't a hit. Um, and this just goes into the fact that like Madonna doesn't necessarily look to just perform the hits. It's like, I'm putting on a show, I'm creating something. And this is how I'm choosing to close that show. So I have a whole slew of bootlegs of this concert. And I'll just run through them really quickly. Just because Bond Admission and Girly Show concert bootleg CDs are kind of one of the favorite things in my collection. So the, the one I'll just like kind of point out is Life is Change. And that is from the uh, Dallas show. And it's got a great cover. It's Her on the Bed for Like a Virgin. And it's got the Like a Prayer star with the crown with Madonna and then Life has Changed kind of looping under. It, it looks like the logo for 
like a prayer, but except it says life is change. I have two that are from the Barcelona Spain show, and I have sexual exposure, which I believe is from London. And of course I have the niche show that was put on CD for me as well. So yeah, I mean, this concert is what people think about when they think of Madonna in the 90s. And, you know, the opening with Express Yourself, she's wearing the cone bra by Jean-Paul Gaultier with the ponytail. Like, that's the thing that people always think about when they think about this concert. And the tour book, too. Like, the tour book is incredible. It's got all the Herb Ritz photos. It's got some photos from the O Father video, the Express Yourself video. And it's actually one of the most prized possessions in my collection. You know... She's got great band members. She's got Jonathan Moffat on drums. She got Luis Conte on percussion, which I may have mentioned this before in one of my other episodes, but Luis Conte, when Now I'm Following You is coming on, he's playing percussion during the show and adding all these extra elements in the song that don't necessarily need to be there because she was, you know, purposely lip syncing. And it didn't need to be done, but it was done so brilliantly and brought new dimension to the song. Just an all-star cast of dancers, musicians, background singers, and of course paired with the Truth or Dare documentary, which I'll talk about in another episode. And you know, after this performance, of course, comes the 1990 VMA performance of Vogue, where she's in the Marie Antoinette, where she wears the dress that Glenn Coase wear for for Dangerous Liaisons. And if you go to the MLVC podcast, they talk with Donna DeLore and Nikki Harris where they talk about that performance. And they talk about the whole planning uh, while they were in France, while they were still on tour, and what the performance of that number was going to be. And it is a lip-synced performance. It's purposely lip-synced, but it's one of the most iconic performances of the VMA history. And after this performance, of course, comes the Immaculate Collection and Justify My Love video. But go and listen to the first episode if you want to listen to me talk about that one. And then, again, as I said before, it's followed by the release of the Truth or Dare documentary concert film, released 30 years ago, which I will talk about in my next episode. Be sure to follow me on Instagram at Madonna Get Together. Please rate me and leave me feedback on whatever streaming service you listen to. Je suis... No, that was wrong. Jay Show. Yeah, that's right. Jay Show. Est-ce que vous voulez show? Est-ce que vous voulez show, that's it.